When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. New reports out, the U.S. actually turned down an offer to control Kabul during the evacuation. It has now been confirmed by our government. That's right, we actually gave the city to the Taliban. This is Joe Biden is continuing to say over and over again that this was a great success. What happened? Remember when Joe Biden lied to you and said, not just forget lying to us, he lied to the people trapped in Afghanistan as we speak by saying this to them. Let me be clear. Any American who wants to come home, we will get you home. That's a lie. That was not true. Never was true. And they knew the entire time that it was a lie. But leaving behind hundreds and hundreds of Americans and others who actually even saved his life. Yeah, a translator that saved Joe Biden's life. I'm going to tell you his story in just a moment. Is begging to get out of the country before the Taliban finds him and kills him. We are now being told, though, no matter what we think, no matter what we say, Biden psychotically says Afghanistan is a success. You're welcome. Pat him on the back. No nation, no nation has ever done anything like it in all of history. The only the United States had the capacity and the will and ability to do it. And we did it today. We didn't do anything, by the way. We didn't do anything but leave Americans behind. We didn't do anything but you as commander in chief. Concede, forfeit, surrender to the Taliban. Don't tell me to celebrate this. We left Americans behind. No other president in history has done what you did. The extraordinary success of this mission. It's not an extraordinary success. It's an extraordinary success for the Taliban. And remember when Joe Biden said he was going to get Americans out, he lied to you. Now he's saying this was an incredible success because we got 90% of the people out. So we left 10% behind. Who cares, right? They'll die. So what? The bottom line, 90% of Americans in Afghanistan who wanted to leave were able to leave. Yeah, 90%. The other ones, you're screwed. Representative Waltz was on Hannity, and he had this to say about the reality of where we are today. Sick to their stomach. So many of us you know, have suffered 
uh, in fighting these thugs for so many years. I've, you know, they've beheaded one of my interpreters in front of his entire family. I've seen the machine gun, a girl's school with the girls still in it, uh, and, and just brutally terrorize anyone who doesn't comport to their version of Sharia law. But we are about to see the Biden administration hand them a mountain of leverage on a silver platter in the form of American citizens that are now hostages and then pay them ransom in the form of humanitarian aid as they lurch towards recognizing this Islamic emirate. That's right. Your tax dollars were now being told are quite possibly going to go to the Taliban. The Biden administration is now considering giving Taliban direct aid despite sanctions and terror ties as basically payments to possibly get them to not kill as many Americans as we've left behind. The United States is now in direct talks about financial aid and economic assistance to the Taliban, a terrorist organization. Despite international sanctions placed on the group over its material support for radical Islamic terrorism, And despite nearly two decades of considering the Taliban a sworn enemy of the United States of America, Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, told ABC News' George Stephanopoulos that the U.S. is absolutely considering aid. Quote, there's an important dimension of humanitarian assistance that should go directly to the people of Afghanistan. Well, how's that going to happen when the Taliban's in charge of the bank account, you idiots? You really think the Taliban's going to start divvying out cash to help people? Quote, they need help with... Respect to health and food aid and other forms of substances. And we do intend to continue to help them. Secondly, when it comes to our economic and development assistance relationship with the Taliban, the White House said, that will be about the Taliban's actions. That will be about whether they follow through on their commitment to safe passage for Americans and Afghan allies. All right, so we're going to bribe them to give us back our American citizens that you guys left behind. That's been your plan the entire time. We'll just get the hell out, have a press conference, say, hey, 90% of you should be pretty excited about this because we got you out. This was a success because 90% of you got out. The bottom line, 90% of Americans in Afghanistan who wanted to leave were able to leave. Forget the fact that you had a bunch of American men and women in uniform, 13 of them die Because of your actions, as one mother put it, a dead Marine's grieving mother blasted Biden, saying he is a feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap, and he sent my son to die. Of course, the media is not going to report on her comments, right? Because why would you say that? Representative Ronnie Jackson said Americans have been left in Afghanistan to fend for themselves. Now congressmen and senators are begging others to help get them out. We have American men and women in uniform who are actually risking their lives. Risking their lives in the private sector, folks. To go over there and try to get out people that help them. And if you want to know how much Joe Biden sucks, one of Joe Biden's interpreters, an interpreter that helped save Joe Biden's life, is now begging for the president to please get him out of the country. Begging for the president to get him out. What's Nancy Pelosi doing? She blocked conservative members of Congress, the GOP, from reading the names of the slain U.S. troops from the floor of the House. That's how far our nation has fallen. The Speaker of the House is refusing to allow congressmen to, to actually read the names of the American troops who were killed senselessly 
in Afghanistan because of Joe Biden's leadership. Indiana Congresswoman even asked Biden, what do I tell constituents that he abandoned in Afghanistan? Representative Victoria Sparks, Republican Indiana, demanded to know President Joe Biden's plan and the U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's action plan for the American stranded and Taliban-controlled Afghanistan to tell her constituents, quote, in the aftermath of your administration's mishandling withdrawal from Afghanistan, it is estimated that hundreds of Americans are begging to leave Afghanistan were abandoned and remain in Taliban-controlled country, facing terror and death. The congressman said that her office has been in contact with an American left in the country by the Biden administration. She added that the person she was in contact with was not assisted by the offices set up by the Biden administration before the withdrawal was complete. She's asking for answers from Biden and Blinken as to what information she can provide to the Americans that were stranded in Afghanistan by Biden. The congresswoman said she would need the information for anyone that may survive the coming days and reach out to her and her staff, saying it is critical that we have information as soon as possible. American lives depend on your administration's direction. The congressman tweeted out a letter of the, of the, of the copy of the letter saying, I sent a letter to Biden and Blinken requesting his action plan for abandoned Americans in Afghanistan. We've gotten nothing back. Biden, of course, addressing the nation for the first time since, quote, fully leaving Afghanistan, admitting, yeah, OK, I'm leaving 10 percent of Americans in the country, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Additionally, could not give the exact number of Americans left in the country, echoing what Secretary of State Blinken said the day before, saying, quote, we believe there's still a small number of Americans under 200. Likely closer to 100 who remain in Afghanistan and want to leave, Blinken said. Does anybody believe the number? Because I sure as hell don't. I don't believe that number at all. When you leave people behind that actually saved your life, as Joe Biden did, Joe Biden's interpreter, okay? Joe Biden's interpreter was left behind that saved his life. A lot of people don't know this story. Joe Biden was on a helicopter that was forced to land in snow in Afghanistan with two other senators. And there was a man that came, an interpreter that came, and helped save their lives. That interpreter now is begging Joe Biden to please get him out of the country. So far, Joe Biden has not helped the man that saved his life. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. An Afghanistan interpreter, this Afghanistan interpreter who helped rescue Senator Joe Biden and two other senators in 2008 is now begging Joe Biden to please save my life. Please save me and my family are his exact words. A lot of people don't know this incredible story. Senator Joe Biden and two other senators in 2008 were in a helicopter that had to abruptly land in a snowstorm. He's begging the president to help after being left behind in Afghanistan, opting to only go by the name Muhammad in fear of giving away his identity. The Afghan interpreter has now begged the Wall Street Journal, please tell a story. He's now hiding from the Taliban in Kabul alongside his wife and children, desperately hoping to escape the country. Hello, Mr. President. Save me and my family. Muhammad told the outlet, don't forget me. I can't leave my house. I'm extremely scared. Let's rewind back to 2008. Muhammad was serving as an interpreter for the U.S. Army in Afghanistan when he participated in a potentially dangerous mission to save three U.S. senators, Joe Biden, John Kerry, and Chuck Hagel. Joe Biden, a Democrat, Kerry, a Democrat, Hagel, a Republican. Muhammad was a 36-year-old interpreter at the time for the U.S. Army. When the two U.S. Army Black Hawk helicopters had to make an emergency landing in Afghanistan during a blinding snowstorm. According to Army veterans who worked with the interpreter at the time. The scary part was you had three U.S. senators that were vulnerable. Three U.S. senators that could actually be taken hostage or killed or beheaded by the Taliban if they found them first. Those three senators knew they were in trouble. Private security team with former firm Blackwater and U.S. Army soldiers monitored for any nearby Taliban fighters when the helicopters were forced to land. The crew sent out an urgent call for help. Bagram Airfield was where Muhammad was. He jumped into a Humvee with a quick reaction force from the Arizona National Guard working with the 82nd Airborne Division and drove hours into the nearby mountains to rescue them. This has all been confirmed by a staff sergeant in the Arizona National Guard, Brian Ginthy, who brought Muhammad along on the rescue mission because without him, they wouldn't be able to communicate with the locals. 
When the rescue team arrived at the landing site of those two Black Hawk helicopters, Muhammad stood guard on one side of the helicopter. He would often use a bullhorn to warn curious locals that if they got too close to the helicopters, they would be shot. While they were not in what was, quote, considered enemy territory at the moment, soldiers who served in the area at the time said just one day prior, less than 24 hours before, the 82nd Airborne had killed nearly two dozen Taliban insurgents in a major fight just 10 miles away. As the Taliban encroached upon Kabul, Muhammad's visa application became, quote, stuck after the defense contractor he worked for lost the records he needed for his application. The interpreter told the Wall Street Journal, when Kabul fell, Muhammad tried fleeing the country through the airport where U.S. forces told him, quote, my wife and children would not be allowed to join me. Our soldiers told him that, clearly taking their orders from the Biden administration. When a Wall Street Journal reporter read Muhammad's message to the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki at the press briefing room, she thanked him for his service and vowed to bring him home. Quote, we will get you out, Jen Psaki said. We will honor your service. There's no indication that I've done anything at this point to get him out. This is who Joe Biden is now. He'll leave a guy behind that even saved his own life after he had to make an emergency landing. And then he'll look at you and tell you it's a success that we got 90% of the people out and only left 10% behind. The bottom line, 90% of Americans in Afghanistan who wanted to leave were able to leave. That's his new definition of success. Former Obama officials are ripping Biden's disaster. A montage that's been put together by the RNC gives you different voices you may remember. You're going to hear Jay Johnson, Obama's Secretary of Homeland Security. You're going to hear Leon Panetta, Obama's CIA director. You're going to hear Ryan Croker, Obama's Afghan ambassador. You're going to hear David Petraeus, Obama's CIA director as well. You're going to hear Mike Mullen, Obama Joint Chiefs chairman. These are some of the people that I am about to play for you, including James Cunningham, Obama's Afghan ambassador. They're all now criticizing Joe Biden, saying that what he has done. Mark that, Diaz, three, two, one. Saying that what he has done is reprehensible. It's disgusting, and people will die because of Joe Biden's ability to screw things up. Remember, Barack Obama actually said, never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to blank things up. Remember, Osama bin Laden actually told the Taliban, under no circumstances are you to target the vice president, Joe Biden, because he believed that if he was able to take over America, that it would be good for the Taliban because he would screw things up and is not equipped for the job. Take a listen to Obama's former Obama... Let me do that again. Three, two, one. Take a listen to all these former Obama administration officials ripping Biden's Afghanistan disaster that he says is a success. Collapse rapidly because of the way in which we we got out. I think of John Kennedy and the Bay of Pigs. It unfolded quickly and uh, 
the president thought that everything would be fine and uh, that was not the case. It has created a global crisis, quite frankly. You cannot defend the execution here. This has been a disaster. Well, they clearly were caught off guard by the events of the last 72 hours. How his decision was made to withdraw, but then its execution. Uh, which has been so far catastrophic. Our national security is threatened. This is uh, a Dunkirk moment or perhaps a Saigon moment. This tragedy was completely preventable. Nobody wants the Saigon image and obviously we ended up with another Saigon image. It's kind of like the Dunkirk evacuation. We do have to regard the recent turn of events as creating a real risk uh, of, of another terrorist organization, whether it's ISIS-K, Al-Qaeda, uh, trying to re-establish a foothold in Afghanistan. It's a really rough time. It didn't need to be this way. The fact that there was little to no real planning done. I'm left with some grave question in my mind about his ability, speaking about the president, to lead our nation as commander-in-chief, to have read this so wrong, or even worse, to have understood what was likely to happen and not care. Admit the mistakes that were made. So they were behind the curve from the beginning of the announcement. The situation is absolutely heartbreaking. Um, it is tragic. Uh, it's disastrous. And the execution in particular does not speak to competency. They will provide a safe haven for Al-Qaeda. Uh, it's a failure. And he needs to own that failure. He's the commander-in-chief. It has emboldened uh, violent uh, Islamic radicals. So they... I might be doing a little bit of high-fiving. They might be doing a little bit of high-fiving referring to the Taliban. Every single voice that you just heard was a former Obama official. Every one of them. None of those were Republicans. None of those were conservatives. None of those were partisan hacks. That was all Obama administration officials that worked with Joe Biden when he was the vice president. But hey, we got 90% of the people out. That's our new definition of success in America. The bottom line, 90% of Americans in Afghanistan who wanted to leave were able to leave. You want to know something else that's messed up? How deranged this guy is? Biden contradicts his own statement saying, remember that this was, quote, a good exit. A good exit. Then saying a poor exit was inevitable, so no one could have done any better than I did. Now some say we should have started mass evacuation sooner. And couldn't this have been done, have been done in a more orderly manner? I respectfully disagree. Imagine if we've begun evacuations in June or July, bringing in thousands of American troops and evacuating more than 120,000 people in the middle of a civil war. There still would have been a rush to the airport, a breakdown in confidence and control of the government, and it still would have been very difficult and dangerous mission. The bottom line is there is no evacuation, evacuation from the end of a war that you can run without the kinds of complexities challenges and threats we faced none so which one is it biden says we made a good exit says it was great then he says a poor exit was inevitable that no one could have done any better than we did no one could have done anything any different than we did it which one is it i'm i'm genuinely confused now what which one is it man 
This is a man that when he said to the Americans in Afghanistan and the family members in America begging for him to save their family members in Afghanistan, that we are going to get everybody out. And he knew it was a lie when he said it. We're now being told that he knew when he said this, that it was a lie, that he was looking at you and lying to you. Let me be clear. Any American who wants to come home, we will get you home. That was a lie. And when he said it, he knew it was a lie. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me now to talk about this is U.S. Senator Bill Haggerty, who is helping desperately to get Americans out of the country, trying not to leave people behind, which Joe Biden definitely has done. Senator, uh, the president was yelling at Americans in his uh, I did it video to the world i did it it was a success it was an extraordinary success biden admits by the way that he stranded 10 percent of americans in afghanistan what are you telling people that may be calling your office i mean there was a congresswoman that asked the same question she said to anthony blinken to president joe biden uh what do i tell americans stranded in the taliban controlled afghanistan to my constituents that are calling, I don't know what America's plan is. Do you? 
Uh, no, I think the, the plan that was designed was a press plan, a press release. That's what Joe Biden focused on, a press release that was going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and the fact that he'd retrieved all U.S. soldiers from Afghanistan. That's what they put their attention to is the media and the spin, not to owning this, not to implementing it properly. And I tell you, putting an arbitrary deadline in place, I've advised against this from the very beginning. The deadline, the only deadline, should be when we get the last American out of there. They did not heed my advice, nor did they heed the advice of many military advisors and the Secretary of State, as I understand it. He just set his deadline to make certain that the press release worked. Well, you know what? The American public aren't buying it. Nancy Pelosi, and this was a shocking move that has not gotten a lot of media attention. We are being told blocked Republican members of Congress from reading the names of the slain U.S. troops, a new report has said. Republican representatives blasting the speaker after they say she deliberately blocked them from reading the names of the 13 U.S. service members who were killed in Afghanistan on the House floor. I, I don't even, I can't even get my head wrapped around this. Why would you block that? I think it just goes to the overall strategy that the Democrat leadership is deploying to divert responsibility to spin this and hope it goes away in the media. It's not going to happen. And I'll tell you, it's, it's just heartbreaking when I see that sort of disrespect. The hardest part of my job is, is the call that I had to make just this Sunday, this past Sunday. I had to call the family of one of our slain soldiers, one of those 13. He's from Knoxville, Tennessee, a 23-year-old staff sergeant. I spoke with his parents. I told them that the people of Tennessee's heart go out to him, that we appreciate and respect the service that he provided, the fact that he was willing to risk his life to extract Americans to help others. It's the ultimate sacrifice that he made, and we will always remember him and respect him for that. That's the only way that we can possibly, as Americans, address this. We can't sweep it under the rug. We can't act as if it didn't happen. Nancy Pelosi is so out of tune right now and so out of touch with America, just like Joe Biden. And the American public will not stand for this. President Biden delivering these remarks in the White House on the end of the war in Afghanistan, a day after the last uh, American military planes left the country, and he says it's a success, admitting by his own numbers that 10 percent of Americans were left behind. What's even more shocking is we actually got out almost 24 hours before the real deadline. What, what was the logic or the reasoning behind that? I mean, why didn't we use those last 20 hours to try to make one more run? And we were told that the, of the last five airplanes that left, not a single American civilian was on any of those airplanes. How did that happen? Well, uh, if, if, if I go back to my days serving as U.S. ambassador, I had to put in place what's called a non-combatant evacuation operation. I was ambassador to Japan, the third largest economy in the world. On any given day, we would have had a quarter of a million Americans in that country. And you remember, Ben, when I was ambassador, the North Koreans began to fly intercontinental ballistic missiles over Japan. I completely reworked my non-combatant evacuation plan. We call them NEO plan for short. I completely re reworked my NEO, but I had a plan to gather to process and to flow Americans under every scenario. I'll tell you this, without giving away the classified portions of my plan, the last thing you would do is move the military out first, which was the initial, which was the initial execution error that the Biden administration made in Afghanistan. The fact that military run the last planes, that would be consistent with the planning horizon, except for the fact that they were willing to leave Americans behind, except for the fact that they would not go out and extract Americans who couldn't get to the Kabul gate. They left Americans in a position and a posture where they could not help themselves. Yet that was the message that they were getting from the State Department. Get yourself to the gate. Undertake your own risk. This is totally inexplicable to the average American citizen, and it's impossible for me to understand as well. 
You know, you look at uh, Joe Biden yesterday. He was trying to blame Donald Trump, saying, well, I kind of inherited this pullout. Donald Trump warned and is on the record and the media knows this. He warned against a hasty withdrawal from Afghanistan four years ago, four years ago in Fort Myer in Virginia, at Fort Myer in Virginia, Trump delivered a speech outlined the strategy in Afghanistan and South Asia, where he said the nation, quote, must seek a honorable and enduring outcome worthy of the tremendous sacrifices made and warned that a, quote, hasty withdrawal could create a vacuum for terrorists in the country. His warning, he said, was was very clear. We will not have a disastrous withdrawal. We will do it in the right way and we will make sure it's orderly. Fast forward seven months in of Joe Biden's presidency and he's like, hey, it's a good day. I know we had a bunch of Americans die. I know we left some dogs behind, but it was a it was an unbelievable success. I know there's hundreds of Americans left behind. Is there any plan to get them out? I mean, I know they say, well, they're going through the State Department, but the reality is the Taliban is not going to let them leave, just randomly go to an airport, jump on a plane. Am I right? It's very hard to imagine that scenario that you just described, Ben. I think this is going to be a continuing effort on behalf of the American government. You know that we've got assets the Taliban wants. They want to be recognized internationally. This could turn out, and I pray it doesn't, but this could turn out to be a massive hostage situation where the Taliban uses now these American assets that we need, our our American citizens, and tries to use them to leverage the Biden administration to get what they want. We need to be putting in place plans to get those Americans out. However, we need to do it. And the Biden administration, I pray, is working on this right now. It doesn't seem that they're working on much more than a press release. It seems like they are accepting the fact that Americans will die. I mean, if you if you leave behind hundreds of Americans, you know you're not going to get every one of them out just based on statistics and based on the Taliban and based on yeah. their actions. I mean, we, we know the Taliban well. We know they're a terrorist organization no matter what you try to, you know, change them out. I mean, you look at Operation, uh, you know, Pineapple Express, where U.S. vets are volunteering to secretly rescue allies in Afghanistan. How did we fall so much as a country where now... Guys in the military are having to go rogue, basically, to save the people that helped them. Hell, we even know that the uh, an interpreter that helped save Joe Biden's life when his helicopter was forced to land Afghanistan uh, in, in a snowstorm is begging the president now to save him and his family. He's in Kabul, we now know. And, and, and this guy, he was I left to die. I saw that. I think it just goes to the fact that the American public was sold a bill of goods in the 2020 election. They tried to present Joe Biden as some sort of stable-handed, you know, foreign policy expert that knows how to navigate in a cool-handed way all types of international situations. This is based on the fact that he was a career politician in Washington. What we didn't have was a business person like myself, like President Trump, somebody that understands how to execute and get things done. What we got was somebody that lives press release to press release. And for him to try to spin and deflect this rather than own the responsibility of those American citizens' lives is infuriating to every American, particularly those soldiers that are, that are putting together this operation right now to go back and rescue them. They know that they've given their lives, that they've risked their lives to help Americans precisely this predicament. And the fact that Joe Biden wants to turn his back on it is nauseating to us all. I'll add this. One of the worst possible outcomes as well is the fact that Joe Biden has left behind some 80 to $90 billion worth of the world's best most sophisticated military equipment. That's in Afghanistan right now. They are fully armed. And to the extent they can't utilize this against us in this cauldron of terror that he's created, it's going to become the biggest arms bazaar in the world. Russia, China, Iran, they'll be there buying and reverse engineering everything they don't already have. I mean, 
this is a disaster of epic proportions on so many levels. And Joe Biden acting as though he can blame this on the previous administration. Look, he certainly ignored President Trump's stay in Mexico policies that were so successful, tore that up right away and crashed the border. The Keystone XL pipeline, no trouble undoing that. He's, everything that he's done has been almost in spite of Trump. And then suddenly here he is saying that Trump tied his hands. He's, he's got to abide by something that Trump did. This isn't even the plan that Trump had in place. Again, spinning, deflecting, and focusing on the press release. That's this guy's MO. Last question uh, for you, Senator Bill Haggerty, my guest today. Uh, we know that China says they will use the Belt and Road Initiative to create universal, quote, rules and standards in Afghanistan. They want the trillion dollars uh, in resources, lithium and other things in the ground there. They're willing to do whatever deal they got to get done with the Taliban uh, to give them protection, to give them security, to make sure that the uh, U.N. or others don't come down on them. Uh, anytime that there is a vacuum, a void, uh, we know who's going to take it over. It is Asia. Uh, it is 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 China. And this is what they're now doing. How how concerning is it that China is going to roll in there, put in these ro- roads, prop up the Taliban, protect them from sanctions. And also they're going to say, hey, we're going to give you guys protection so that America can never come back in. Because if we're here in a major way, then America is out in a major way. Your thoughts on that, lastly? I, I think it's entirely predictable when they talk about their Belt and Road Initiative. They're going to set standards that suit China, meaning they're going to put Huawei infrastructure there. They're going to control the Taliban. They're going to control the country. What they want are the natural resources that are there. And you think about the human standards, it's going to be the same standards that apply to the Uyghur population in China. They could care less about human rights. This will be yet another source of slave labor. It'll be a source of natural resource extraction. And this will be yet another place that'll be a strategic location for them to continue to extend their power and their, their, their influence. That's all this is about, is expanding China's power and presence in the world. And the Afghan citizenry will be the victims of it, and they'll pay off the Taliban in the process. I leave it to Joe Biden as this new report coming out from the Washington Post saying the U.S., quote, rejected an offer to control the city of Kabul during the evacuation, instead purposely handed over the city to the Taliban. Only Joe Biden could be dumb enough to do that. It's heartbreaking, Ben. I saw the same report. It's, it's sad. I appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. We'll have you back again real soon. Make sure you share this. Please share this podcast uh, on social media. Text it to your friends. Let them know about this so that more people will hear it. And I'll see you back here tomorrow. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.